Hello and welcome to Sustainable, a simple podcast about complex topics with me, your host, Thomas Empson. Understanding what we can do for the future can feel overwhelming. So this podcast is here to help you understand what you can do on the daily and how you can strive to make bigger ripples. I'll be speaking with influential folk working in design and engineering, the circular economy and environmental impact. Our aim is to reduce the jargon, reuse the inspiration and recycle the sense. So listen in as I ask the experts, are we sustain able? Hello everyone and welcome to the latest instalment of Sustain Able. For this episode, I'm joined by Nathan Baker, who is the Director of Engineering Knowledge at the Institution of Civil Engineers, also known as ICE. Nathan is joining us to talk about ICE's first ever Global Engineering Congress held last year that was all based around the Sustainable Development Goals. And we're here to talk about the legacy of that project and other work ICE are doing in the near future. Nathan, thank you for coming along today. You're welcome, Thomas. Good to see you. <laughs> yeah, good to see you too. Um, I've done a little introduction, but I think it's always best if, if people introduce themselves because they know themselves a lot better. So can you just let our listeners know uh, who you are and what your role is at the Institution of Civil Engineers? So, uh, as Thomas says, I'm Nathan Baker, the Director of Engineering Knowledge at the Institution. I'm responsible for the learning that is provided yeah. to civil engineers across the globe once they've qualified. Uh, you might call up continuous professional development. Um, what we enable are people to do their job better so that they can help people lead better lives. And it's very much where the Global Engineering Congress started. Mm-hmm. The r- purpose of the institution is formed and founded in its Royal Charter, which was done in 1828. Mm-hmm. And there's a phrase in there which we use to anchor all of the work that we do which is to promote the art and science of engineering, harnessing the powers of nature for the good of humankind. And the Global Engineering Congress took that and spun it in terms of the UN Sustainable Development Goals Mm -hmm. and said, how can the engineer, in particular the civil engineer, but engineers across the piece, really contribute to delivering Mm -hmm. a better world and a world in which we all wish to live? And the great thing about the Sustainable Development Goals is it is time-bounded. So by yep. 2030, we've got to have done them, yep. in essence. Mm-hmm. So we're ten and a half years away. And as a sector, civil engineering in particular, infrastructure, mm-hmm. is fundamental to enabling not the, just the 2030, but the sustainability of that going forward for the next 50, 100, 150 years. Because society functions around the infrastructure it has and you inherit infrastructure Absolutely. and in the UK it's a great example mm-hmm. um, you have Sir Joseph Bazalgette's embankment and sewerage system in London it's 150 years old it's now being modified and extended by Thames Tideway so that it can cope with the next 100 years or so but there are other parts of the world that don't have the same type of infrastructure and they will leapfrog where people in the more developed world are Mm-hmm. and to watch how they are moving from a, uh, a mindset that we have of a, for example, a hardwired landline telephone infrastructure to a mobile, mobile 4G, 5G, 6G and beyond. Yeah. They'll just leapfrog us. Yeah. So the GEC, the Global Engineering Congress, was about bringing the engineering community together from across the globe to explore the issues 
identify the solutions that exist today and instead of just talking about them get on and start to use those solutions to deliver that better world that meets the Royal Charter. Absolutely and I think that it's you know it is really commendable because a lot of times you go to conferences and you hear that phrase it's up for the next generation to to sort that out and nothing grates on the next generation more than hearing that that hang on actually no can you sort out the legacy that we'll inherit don't leave that mess for us so I think um, it was just great to be there hear loads of really inspiring keynote speakers but if, if we go back what was the inspiration in having it pinned around the sustainable development goals was that something that was an institutional choice is that something that you responded based on what engineers were saying to you you know what what was the reason to for bringing that into focus in the first place it was a real combination but the institution has to lead on a great number of issues and sustainability is one of those issues where there needs to be debate because whether we like it or not we live in a carbon heavy world yeah. and you can't just turn that off as much as we might all like to it, it's not easy um, so the intent was to say there's a there's a growing mindset within the membership of how do we address climate change how do we address the rapidly growing population that we've got, the rapid urbanisation that we've got, mm -hmm. the resource scarcity that we now have. And when you look with a somewhat pessimistic view of the future, it all is going the wrong way. Yeah. And as a result, the, the GEC was our first attempt, our, our true first attempt at spinning that conversation and saying, okay, actually this is not a pleasant story for anybody on the planet at the moment but we need to be in a place where we turn that into a positive story by doing something about it and we have the technology at the moment we have the money it may not be in the right places we may not be leveraging it particularly well but we've got a number of solutions available today that can solve a number of issues that exist today that will only get compounded if we don't address them mm. tomorrow. So the GEC's focus was driven from the ICE taking a leadership position and saying to the community, we are all talking about this, but none of us are getting to the hub of what we need to get done first. Take that first step. So we, we brought people together with the World Federation of Engineering Organizations yeah. and the Commonwealth Engineers uh, and the uh, American Society and the Canadian Society and a whole bunch, 82 countries came. So it was a really fabulous melting pot of creativity, of diversity, of inclusion, of thinking. And that diversity of thinking is really what we were after to enable us to get the community to start to mobilize around one or two things. Yeah. And that mobilisation has now started and we are starting to see commitment, action, behaviours already starting to change across quite a large community. So it, it has helped the engineering community come out of its traditional environment, 
His traditional environment is one where they build stuff. Yep. They build it very well. It mm -hmm. gets built safely mm -hmm. in the main. And what we see is that sustainability is now becoming, in my mind, very similar to safety. It has to be at the forefront of how we do things, why we do things, and what we are going to do. I know all the videos from all of the talks, they're up on your website for anyone to look at, but would, what would you say from your perspective, or from an institutional perspective, what, what were the key messages that were coming out? What, what were the sort of takeaways, either the biggest concerns or the big, biggest focus areas going forward? What, what, what would you It's a really good question. So five, we picked five of the sustainable development goals to focus on where yeah. engineering could lead. Um, what came out for me was that we have a lot of, as I say, a lot of tools, a lot of mechanisms in place already that can contribute. I think the first piece was that we, as a sector, don't measure, monitor and report yeah. particularly well against that sustainable impact. So we talk about sustainability a lot. We say we are building sustainably and so on and so forth, but we've never measured it against the SDGs. And that's partly because the SDGs superficially, as they get rationalized into the 17, mm. look enormous. Well, SDG six, you will deal with water and sanitation. Okay, well, how is my project, how is the work I'm doing contributing? And we've not mapped down to those sub goals and the like. Mm -hmm. And that was an area that very much came out as something that we can deal with now yeah. and we need to get on with. And interestingly, the ICE uh, in April 2019, in fact today, mm -hmm. uh, when this is broadcast or this is recorded, uh, are getting together to discuss exactly that issue of how do we measure, monitor and report, because that's something we can do today that will start to drive a behavioural change. Yeah, and so that's something that engineer, that's, that's very much in the mindset of engineers isn't the sort of numerical validation understanding because something like the sustainable development goals at first is so conceptual there's 17 that you can tell by reading them that they're interlaced but actually how are they interlaced and how does um, my use of water on a project there impact life on land there and kind of but what you're saying is about breaking it down into digestible chunks and kind of just allowing people to monitor and understand that progress that they're making um, both positively but I, I guess you can also use that to look at where you're maybe having negative impact and you can omit that or work ways around preventing negative implications. That's exactly right yeah. and um, if you start to understand where you have an impact and or where you're not having impact and you can then start to see those interconnections mm. between various components. So as an example, um, I find it fascinating that the second largest user in the UK, and I think globally, of power, sorry, of water, mm -hmm. uh, is energy production across the globe. So right. the largest is agriculture. Mm -hmm. The second largest user of power is water. So you have this energy water nexus mm. that we're not exposing. So you're in a place where 
we need to be more intelligent and use the technology, the tools that we've already got, yeah. to look at the problems we've got in a different way. And I am a huge believer in, and it really came out through the Engineering Congress, a systems of systems approach. Mm. And that includes society, we as consumers, it includes government and decision makers, it includes industry, it includes academia. And when you start to overlay the research that's being done around the globe, uh, you uh, look at the technologies that are being implemented, the materials that are being used, the behaviours we try to instill. When you start to overlay this very complicated map, yeah. you can see actually how very quickly what the user gets, the end user gets, we as a consumer get, mm. um, changing our behaviour, has an enormous exponential potential benefit to deliver in the SDGs. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit more about the legacy? What are the next steps for, from what you've discovered from the GEC? What are you now doing with that as the institution? So it, it's been a fascinating journey because during the week, mm -hmm. the richness of the conversations was such that it has taken quite a while to actually delve into what the hub of the issues were. And we focused on a, on a few areas, and the first I mentioned, which is the monitoring, measuring, and reporting. If we can start to really uh, identify that mm -hmm. then, and, and deal with that, then that is a big step forward, particularly for infrastructure. Uh, there are then other pieces about having a common narrative, telling the story of the benefits and the outcomes and the impact and how we all contribute. So that systems of systems approach thinking really, really plays in there. Yep. Because we're then in a place where we as consumers can start to ask more targeted questions mm -hmm. of those who are owning assets, are commissioning assets, who are paying for assets. And when you look at how the finance system is now starting to operate and those who are involved, traditionally, asset owners, particularly in the UK, mm -hmm. have been fundamented fundamentally by government. Mm -hmm. They're the biggest purchaser of infrastructure assets and yet a lot of funding now is coming out and being sourced through other mechanisms. Mm. People who are interested in infrastructure and how it operates and sustainability and the SDGs and particularly climate change take insurers. Insurers have got a vast amount of actuarial data that helps you to understand what a one, two, four, six degree climate change will mean. Mm. Ultimately, they're the ones who are having to pay out on a series of claims, which means that we, as the buyers of home insurance or business insurance, are the ones that pay. Mm. Well, if a part of the world is going to be underwater at this certain degree of climate change and is no longer insurable, what does that mean for society? Mm. Now, you can mitigate or you can adapt. Now interestingly, in my mind, in the West we are very good at adapting. Oh look, the sea level's risen, we'll put up better sea defences, we'll put up a bigger Thames barrier. That's not as easy elsewhere in the world. So how do we go further back to have better impact and mitigate the issue before it even starts? Yeah, because you can keep building the wall higher and higher so the sea can't get over it, then you've lost the greatest view going haven't you absolutely and wh whilst that example might sound a little bit trite the reality is that 
life mm. and people's well-being is a is a holistic model in my mind and mm. actually it does impact everybody if we end up building walls that are so high and impenetrable and don't enable you to access different parts of the world if we get to a point where transportation completely changes where the way we communicate and interact with each other changes to such an extent that society doesn't function mm. society functions well because the infrastructure we have has met a need and has been sustained for a long time yeah but we're now at a point it's a really important time for everyone globally in my view because the infrastructure that we've got we have to look after in a certain way and the infrastructure that we are intending to build to enable us to have 10 12 billion people on the planet by 2050 whatever the number is mm -hmm. it means that we have to look at our resources differently yeah. um, I I can't speak for our Victorian forebearers, but I'm sure if they knew what we know now, they they would have done things differently. Yeah, we would have still had high quality infrastructure that was designed to last and deal with growth and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But they were so innovative, they were so aware of risk, they were so aware of outcome and impact mm -hmm. that I think they would have used the technology our digital transformation in a in a way that maybe we can't imagine but we've got to have a go at yeah no absolutely and one of the big when I lecture at universities to students in sustainable manufacturing the brief really is just to do more with less yeah that's that's kind of a, f a fundamental whether you're looking at water energy cities it's about doing much more with less and that's an can sound like an impossible task but actually it's not if you're creative and if you're engineering and a good designer you'll find a way around um brilliant nathan i i've got a few more questions what what's ice working on this year what's your sort of main focus main focus this year is water yeah so there are four key themes mm -hmm. that the institution has been looking at for the last three years and we will continue to look at and they are uh, energy resilience and climate change yep uh productivity digital transformation and professionalism and skills mm -hmm. and this year we're looking at those through the lens of water okay. water and sanitation yep. um, both within the UK and globally and the intent of that is to really bring to life some pragmatic issues that really talk to the conversation we've been having mm -hmm. around system systems mm -hmm. so we've used f Fatbergs as an example they're in the, the local media national media a lot at the moment as our concrete bergs yeah so that in the newspaper the other day. and the the really interesting bit for me is that we're at a place where we are starting to talk with the wider public and with the engineering community about the interconnections mm -hmm. so when we flush that wet wipe and that fat from the sunday lunch down the drain and it starts to block it up and then the water company has to dig up the road and it causes a whole bunch of traffic which increases the pollution which increases our use of carbon and diesel in in the cars that are just sitting there yeah which then has an impact on the transport network which has an impact then because people then decide that they're going to travel in a different way we never think about it like that no we don't think that our throwaway society has the impact and yet we've had that clearly shown 
David yeah. Ashbury is a perfect example of plastic yeah. in the seas. Yeah. Well, we're now starting to understand the amount of plastic in the air that we can't see. Mm. Um, and all of a sudden, this interconnections piece. So we've used water as a focus for our themes. Um, we are looking always with a sustainability agenda. Yeah. But we're also having some of those conversations that people don't like. Mm. So we are having conversations about carbon and fossil fuels and saying, well, we're using them. Mm. This is th th these are the good things about using fossil fuels. There's the converse that we need to have the conversation that says, and these are how, these are the bad things. Mm -hmm. So how do we realise the benefits whilst improving our behaviour around the use of those? Everybody talks about fossil fuels and says, well, uh, they're a bad thing, mm -hmm. which we all get. But you couldn't have got the society you've got without having had fossil fuels in the first place. So we're in a place where they says, do you know what? What a debate to have. Mm -hmm. I have no view. I, well, that's not true. I do have a view. And in my view, we have to reduce our carbon footprint enormously. Mm. But we don't link together the fact that water uses a vast amount of energy to make it clean. We don't link the fact that we then essentially flush in the UK vast amounts of clean water away. So yeah. you've treated water to waste it. Well, that's not just the water we're wasting. It's all of the energy to transport and clean and manage that water. Yeah nonsense yeah now the bulk of that power comes from fossil fuels traditionally yeah though I, I read in the newspaper this weekend that we had our longest day the longest period 90 hours there or thereabouts without coal in our power mix last week right okay um, now you, th there's a whole debate whether that's now being replaced by gas and so on and so forth but again if we look at the mix the mix is getting cleaner and mm -hmm. it will continue to do so yeah um what we need to be able to do though is look at it from every single angle and say how do we use less how do we interoperate these things mm -hmm. how do we use technology to make us more effective and efficient how do we then switch off our reliance obsession mm -hmm. with carbon mm -hmm. it's all raft of things that fall out of it um, but that they're the conversations that can be had because once decisions are made we already have technology in place that can help us solve it yeah but we know that in building infrastructure takes a long time yeah no, no definitely so decisions that we take today won't be realized for 20 years potentially yeah so and then just flipping to the last batch of questions so obviously my podcast is called sustain able with a question mark um, the first question is, do you think that we are able to sustain our current existence? Oh. The answer, my personal answer. Yes. Not that of the institution, but my personal answer is it's uh, no. Short answer is no. Yeah. Um, our reliance on carbon is too heavy and we need to find alternatives. We need to use the alternatives we've got far quicker. We need to enable the funding of those mm -hmm. we need to look at our behavior as a society and that's our as a global society um, we need to deal with our throwaway culture we need to really enable the next generation by making sure that the lessons learned from the past are forgotten mm -hmm. we my, as an observation I think that we 
we generationally forget mm -hmm. and we relay in lessons time and time again and we need to be better at capturing that and um, we have to take advantage of this really exciting time in terms of the digital revolution the reality is technology artificial intelligence as it comes in machine learning data fascinating genuinely fascinating time yeah absolutely um but we cannot continue in the way that we have but we know that and, and humans have always known that whatever life that they've got they can make it better yeah um and this is why i when i look at those like Bazalgette jet and telford and brunel the intent that they had in 1828 when the institution was found well when that charter was founded found in 1818 yeah the, the mindset's still the same build a better world yeah the difference being is is that sustainability which was mentioned at the time not right. called that yeah when you listen to that phrase promote the art and science of engineering harnessing the powers of nature yeah. for the good of humankind yeah so at the time they found an energy source it just happened to be coal mm -hmm. now there are so many more different types of energy source they would say okay how do i harness the powers of nature for the good of humankind and the equation bit that's changed is part of the good of humankind is doing this in a way that we don't kill the planet yeah. so if we treat life as a continuous learning journey which i personally believe it is yeah then i do believe that we can collectively deal with this i fully appreciate there are some very very clever scientists mm -hmm. and engineers out there going i have got a solution and i'm on it yep well then it's for the rest of us to listen and to go and be inquisitive and say what are you working on mm -hmm. how's that contributing to the SDGs and building a better world. Yeah. Because my observation of those who are in academia today, whether they are the professors or the PhD students mm -hmm. or the undergraduates, are you are all working on some really clever stuff. And there is an industry out there that wants to take your good ideas and turn them into reality. Yeah. The ICE's job is trying to make those connections mm. to enable you to do that yep. and equally to make us as consumers a little bit more aware about how we behave yep. to help deal with the immediate issue. Definitely. You know the phrase that you said there when you were saying it I would have almost put it the other way around we're almost now going through a phase where we have to harness the power of humans our mental power our ability to create to foresee address problems create solutions for the power of the planet because that is that, really like that that's the system that enables us to even exist it kind of is mother earth it gave birth to us and allow us to be here we've got to that point where we're going hang on we're damaging that system nine planetary boundaries sustainable um, sustainable development goals we're, we're almost reversing what what we're doing there we're, we're harnessing the power of humans for the for the greater good <laughs> what, a, what a really nice way of developing mm. that mindset 
Yeah. And I, I, I like that. And I think, again, it shows the interconnectivity, mm. the systems of systems thinking that says, do you know what? We are part of this. Yeah. Currently, we're part of the problem, but we have at least acknowledged, in most cases, yeah. that we are part of the problem, but we are massively part of the solution, as you've just identified. Yeah. So can we continue as we are? No. Can we do something about it? Absolutely, and people are. Can we do it faster? Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, and there are a whole series of socio-political, economic reasons that things happen as they do. Um, but I think it is beholden on every individual mm. to just take that five minutes and go, what can I contribute today? As we educate ourselves, that interconnectivity, electricity costs money. I never really thought about where the electricity was generated from when I was nine. Mm -hmm. But my nine-year-old is asking me those questions. He's asking me what climate change means. Mm -hmm. He's asking me how our energy mix operates. We need to change our behaviour. Mm -hmm. But behavioural change is generational. It takes a long time. Yeah. And if you were to take, as an example, in construction, um, 20 years ago, safety mm -hmm. on site was a big issue. We weren't looking after our people very well. Yeah. We have, a, in my mind, generally we have a good safety record now. Yeah. People are very aware of safety on site. Mm -hmm. That has taken 20 years. Yeah. This is our equivalent and we need to deal with it. The issue being is we might not have 20 years. And that's what the SDGs do. The yeah. SDGs take those millennium development goals, convert them into sustainable development goals and say, do you know what? line in the sand 2030 we need to have dealt with this mm, yeah it doesn't mean that it will be all a bed of roses but if we have capped ourselves out at 2030 mm -hmm. and then the technology has been exploited that helps us to extract carbon from the air to deal with waste to deal with plastics that need filtering properly that deal with the amount of resource that we use that enable us to have gone back into landfill and mined it mm -hmm. so that we're reusing resource in a different way there's a whole raft of things that flow from this yeah um and i think what the gec is about is just getting people to think a little bit differently and to challenge their norm the challenge i would set down is what did you do yeah if you're a scientist who's got a clever way of capturing carbon from the atmosphere brilliant but equally, I fully appreciate that if there's a pyramid of activity, the bulk of us are near the bottom of that pyramid. What did we do in our daily life to use the resources that we've got better? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we can all contribute. Ask yourself the question, what did you do when we're in 2050 to make sure that our generational issue was dealt with? Brilliant. The last question is a very quick question. Um, so you've said there, you know, consumers, end users, we need to be mindful on what we're doing. If you was to just shift that lens to engineers, what is it, that, like, what are the key messages to engineers? What can they be doing to amplify this and, and speed that up? For me, look at the root of the word engineer mm -hmm. 
it's Latin it's from the word ingenious mm -hmm. be creative just because somebody tells you to build a bridge or to build a tunnel question it understand the outcome and the impact that that asset or in our case civil engineering but yep. wider engineering understand what impact the thing you are doing designing building maintaining is going to do and once you've viewed the outcome it might compel you to just go do you know what I don't need to do it that way mm. why am I building that bridge out of concrete why am I designing a car with wheels what happens if everything hovers mm. what does that mean <laughs> to the road network what does that mean to the rail network now these could be flights of fancy these moments of fancy which is absolutely fine but take the time as an engineer to do the thing that you're truly passionate about which is solving problems yeah in a creative dynamic but pragmatic way and be inquisitive there's a whole raft of research coming out of academia out of industry out of governments that could help you do what you do better yeah. whether it's faster whether it's cheaper whether mm -hmm. it's high quality whether it's better sustainability mm. be inquisitive um, and that is a commitment that the ICE has taken is to try and enable you by providing you with some of that knowledge yeah Provided with some of that network to help you deliver against the charter of the institution, which is to promote the art and science of civil engineering, harnessing the powers of nature for the good of humankind, or in Tom Sampson's words, harnessing the power of people to help the world. Absolutely. You're quenching that thirst for knowledge, and that's absolutely commendable, and hopefully we do a little bit of that um, on this podcast. Um, Nathan, thank you so much for coming along and taking part and being part of the Sustainable journey. All of your social handles, they'll be at the bottom um, on the notes. Um, but yeah, thank you for giving up your time. I know you're a very busy gentleman, so it's, it's massively appreciated. Um, and we'll continue the conversation. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Sustainable with me, your host, Thomas Empson. This is an independent podcast, so the views are my own, and who I choose to interview is a live account of my doctoral research journey. If you like what you heard, follow us on social, check out my website, or leave a review below.